I wanted to ask you, is your skin suit fitting fine right now? No, my skin is pretty tight right now. It's so uncomfortable. I mean, Because it's fucking dry as hell. I was going to say, you're pregnant, so you have that also, but it's so fucking dry out right now. Yeah. That like I move and I'm like, I think I broke it. Damn! <laughs> it doesn't fit anymore. My kid's skin suit's even worse because he already Aww. has like eczema, and so Poor I'm trying guy. to like dunk the kid in lotion. Yeah. But for some reason, he's like, he doesn't want anything now. Like anything that you want to give him, he's like, I don't want that. No, go away. He's like, <laughs> come on, kid. Yeah. He's like, he'll scratch his leg and like it's flaking off. And I'm like, let me put some lotion on. He goes, I don't like lotion. Like, well, no one does, kid, but it's better than fucking breaking your skin suit. Everyone likes lotion. Oh, no, Who doesn't I hate like lotion. lotion? I hate it. I hate putting it on. Not as much as Lee. Yeah, but like if it's not on my hands, then I don't care. That's true. And my, I'm putting it on my kid. It's not getting on his hands. I think I'm traumatized from being pregnant so much the two times I was pregnant, <laughs> which was so many times for me. <laughs> but like putting lotion on every morning and then all day long smelling that lotion. Oh, yeah. And well, I, and it's not like the good lotion. It's like the fucking Jergens or whatever. And you're like, this just smells like hand jobs. Yes. <laughs> Negative associations, man. They happen. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so I don't ever use lotion either, but uh, fucking today I had to lather it on. And I only have, like, little kid lotion, so I smell like a fucking Magic Baby's wet dream. Ooh. Is that the name of the brand? Uh, I don't Johnson, know. Johnson, Johnson. I don't know. You know, the pink shit. Wet and wild? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like a lip gloss. It is like a lip gloss. <laughs> All right, Erin. Well, since it's your first day of maternity leave, and I can't imagine that you would possibly have anything terrible happening in your life. Which is sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Would you like to hear about my goddamn? I would love to hear it. My goddamn this week. Yes. Comes in the form of mm-hmm. my dog, my little shit stain Hank. Yep. He had chewed something up and I found naturally. it. Yeah, naturally, because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> and I found it on the floor and it was like a little purple thing, maybe the size of like a quarter. Was it a, a prenatal vitamin? No. Okay. No. And I picked it up and I was looking at it. It was like a little plastic kind of shell. Like, it was maybe part of a ball or something, but I was oh. looking at it, and I was like, that's really weird. Like, I can't think of any of my kids' toys that look like this. Yeah. Or any, like, balls that we have that were that small or anything. Yeah. And I was, like, looking at it pretty close, examining it, and then I gave it to my husband, because I was like, what the fuck was this? Yeah. Because I don't know why. Like, I want to investigate. What oh, was this? for sure. There's a foreign object in your house. Exactly. I need to know its origins. <laughs> and so then he's looking at it, and he can't figure it out either. And so I was like, that's weird, whatever. And I threw it away. Done with that. So like 30 minutes later, I find (laughs) on the floor. Oh, God. A Tampax wrapper. (gasps) It was a tampon. And then the body (laughs) of the applicator. (laughs) And then the little plunger part. Oh, my God. The plunger part. Can you not call it the plunger part? (laughs) It's what it is. You don't plunge it into your vagina. Oh, Um, I hate it. Well, I found all of those things like chewed up in pieces and it was the same fucking color purple and everything. And I was like, oh my God. Like I just figured it out, obviously. And I had fucking like handled it. Oh, but it it wasn't. Oh oh, God. Oh, it was. Oh God. It had to have been used. No. Yeah. Somebody torpedoed their taint with it. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. I was thinking it was like. A fresh one from your purse. No. Why would he want a fresh one from your purse? Why would he want a fresh one from my purse? He wants the one that smells like a dying animal. Oh, stop (laughs) it. This is worse than my bathroom story. Yeah. The blood on the bathroom floor because you touched it with your hands. I touched it with my hands. (gasps) Stop. Well, then I had to go and like pick up all the pieces 
No, and you didn't. Oh. Well, I had like a paper towel, but I, yeah, yeah. I mean, what else am I going to do? Just like leave him in my living room? <laughs> yeah. <it's> so, <laughs> just cordon off that area. Yeah. Like we don't walk there. It's a crime scene now. <laughs> crime occurred here i mean granted my dog had like eaten all the fucking blood off of it if there was any oh my god is because, he shitting tampons right now i don't think so but i like grabbed all the little pieces and i threw it away and i was like brandon i figured out what it was oh my god go wash your hands and he was like what was it and i was like just i'm not you, gonna tell you you really just don't want to know just wash your hands yes. and he's like okay what was it he was like, like super I insistent them already yeah i know and he was like super insistent and i was like just don't like you're not gonna want to know you're gonna get like crazy upset so just let it go because i could name two people whose those don't belong to yeah exactly i haven't had a period in fucking nine months right yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly it's not mine but my no. brother has a lot of like girls over <gasps> he does yeah but they're like friends right Ooh, uh <laughs> what kind of friends uh, apparently fertile ones <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh, gross. So that was done. At least you know you're not going to be an auntie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the other day, yesterday, I was driving with my husband and I was like, I just started cracking up because I was like, you remember, I thought about it and oh, I was God. like, oh my God, that's going to be my goddamn tomorrow. And I was like thinking about it and I was driving <laughs> and he's oh, like, what? Gross. Like, why are you laughing? And I was like, do you remember that thing? <laughs> that purple thing that you yeah. touched? And he was like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, do you want to know what it was? And he's like, okay. And I told him, and he got fucking pissed, per usual. <laughs> and it was like a violation. He was like, why the fuck would someone throw that away? And I was like, what, what else are, are they going to do yeah, with that? Yeah, like we don't save them yeah, our and he's entire like, life. Like this is my shoebox of used tampons. The torpedo applicator. Exactly. And he's like, I was like, well, I mean, at least it wasn't like the tampon. It yeah. was just the applicator. Yeah. Well, Hank probably ate the tampon. Hank probably ate the tampon. Yeah. Or the person flushed it or yeah. whatever. Let's be honest. You were the one who taught me that you're not supposed to flush those. Exactly. And no I know. No one in my life taught me that. I know a lot of girls don't know that. Yeah, because let's get rid of that right into the toilet. I don't yeah. fucking handle it. Yeah. You got to double wrap that shit up and yeah, throw it away. You had to teach me the whole technique. Yeah, I know. I um, hope nobody listening is terrified <laughs> or horrified that i did not know that no one taught me well no one even taught me really how to use one i was just like mm, guess there's a hole here my mom was like read the instructions yeah i got the same fucking advice like well there's an insert in there and then you're like okay great i'm gonna die of toxic shock syndrome it sounds like yeah and they're like fucking stand with a leg up and i'm like oh what? no yeah <laughs> like turn around face the toilet lift your leg who the fuck does that no no you one sit does. on the toilet awkwardly and you shove it in there really fast and then yeah. you pull the applicator out and you go on sometimes you can like kind of stand squat like get yeah, it in there yeah yeah every good listening he's like dear god <laughs> hey listen man well like you don't have to fucking wear tampons yeah exactly you're welcome <laughs> i don't know why i'm you're what welcome can from I me say except you're welcome exactly <laughs> gross <laughs> anyway do you yeah. have a goddamn for me oh i got a goddamn so my last week of maternity leave was this week and my adorable husband and my sweet little baby son were sleeping in the bedroom sound asleep i just got my baby down like five <laughs> minutes before and I was sitting on the couch and I was like I'm gonna research some murder because I have a lot of research to do this week yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> and all of a sudden the whole house shook like a bam like it felt oh. like a car hit the house yeah and I was like instant fucking like emergency mode and I was like this is an earthquake I've been training for this moment for all of my life and I just recently learned that you're not supposed to stand in the doorway anymore because that's not safe oh I thought it was still yeah no I don't know why 
But now it's like not the safest place to be. You're supposed to get under a solid object, like a table or something, right? Okay, yeah. So immediately I was like, okay, that was just one big shake, but there's going to be big aftershocks because we had a big one on Easter fucking a million years ago, and that one lasted forever to where I was like, we should do something. This is an earthquake. Should we get under something? And we definitely should have. Yeah, me and Brandon like ran outside for that one because we're like crazy, right? And you could literally see the ground like waving in your direction. And you're like, wow, this is what they talk about in the books. Exactly. Anyway, okay, so ever since that earthquake, I've been like, okay, if another big one hits, I'm actually going to do something. Like even if I look silly, I don't care. I want to survive, right? Yeah. Because that's how my fucking brain works. So I feel the jolt and I jump up and I ran so fast to my baby, like lightning speed. I was doing one of those like mothers who lift a car off of their dying baby kind yeah. of fucking move. You essentially teleported into the bedroom. I tell, I showed up and I held him. He was in my arms and I yelled at Lee who was taking a nap and I said, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and Lee was napping and didn't feel shit. And he shot up like, what is going on? And I was like, I think it's an earthquake. And then I like ran out into the living room. Like I didn't know what I was going to do next. And then I realized that it had probably been a solid two minutes where nothing else had happened. Because <laughs> your actual speed running was like, oh, fuck, get up yeah, off I was, the like, couch. waddling. <laughs> yeah. And then now my baby's awake and Lee came out to talk to me and he's like, I didn't feel anything. And I was like, I swear to you, I shit you not. I know what an earthquake feels like. And that was an earthquake or somebody just slammed into our house. Like, that was intense. And he was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He was asleep, though. You I know, never feel like shit but he asleep. talked me into it kind of in my brain where I was like, hold the fucking phone. Did I just make that shit up? That's when you text me, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, did you feel that? I texted a couple of people like, did anybody feel that shit? And then I Googled it after like five minutes and then it popped up like 3.6 earthquake. And I was like, I'm not fucking insane. I literally almost talked myself out of feeling a real fucking earthquake. <laughs> And I was ready to save my baby's life, but it was totally unnecessary. And then he stayed awake for another fucking two hours or some shit. Of course he did, because he was like, whoa, mom. That was crazy. I was sleeping soundly through an earthquake, and then you woke me up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it happened, and I was upstairs at work, which is like an unstable building. It is. It's a real old building. Yeah. And it was like, boom. It was like loud and shook everything. And I was like, what the fuck was that? It makes like a boom sound. Like, I thought something hit the house. Literally, there was a second where I was like, did like a truck hit the building again? Because that's happened before. <laughs> that was my favorite text that you sent me. Because <laughs> you were like, "Cause half day?" Question <laughs> mark. And I'm like, I love that this has happened in your life before, to where you know you would get a half day if a car hit your building. <laughs> well, like, listen, what else am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm about to go down. on maternity leave, but I need a half day. <laughs> <laughs> half day? Well, I was standing like three feet away from a guy though, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And he legit. Tried to pretend like nothing happened. How what? How do people do this? Like, well, I could. It, he was doing the like, like, oh no, a truck just drove by. Like that's what happens when a semi truck drives by. Yeah, it gets really shaky up here. It was just a truck driving by, and I was like, that was fucking different. I've been up here when a truck drives by, and I worked up here for like a, a year. Truck drives by. Jesus, get some goddamn like stabilizers on that building. <laughs> yeah, it's not safe. <laughs> like if a semi goes by, the whole building kind of like rattles. That happens at our work with jets. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's my goddamn is that we live in the world of earthquakes. Earthquake country USA. Yeah. yeah. Some might say, which every day I'm like, I'd much fucking rather live where they have earthquakes than like a tornado oh my or God. hurricanes. Absolutely. Yeah. Because those happen way more frequently. 
Yeah, we're just going to get the one big one and then I'll be fucked. But we're not because we took natural disasters class and they said, and they being the one guy who taught us, yep. that like all the little earthquakes are just relieving the pressure off the big San Andreas fault. Yeah. So, so as we won't as, have the big one. As long as we keep having the little ones, we'll be good. Yeah, that was a little one. Yeah. Felt great. Felt great to relieve a little pressure. Yeah. Little, little toots. Yeah. So we don't get that big buildup. <laughs> it's like the earth tooting. Exactly. Yeah. Good no. job, earth. I hope you feel better. Well, all right, Stacy. Goddamn. Yep. Give it to me, girl. You give me your murder story? Yeah, I am. Okay. I can give it to you so good. Listen, I have drank an entire glass and a half of wine, which is almost a half a bottle of wine. Hammered. Smashed. You're going to have to, like, correct me every time I slur my words. <laughs> That's okay. That's what we live for. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's like that one episode that I don't even know if the viewers... And by viewers, I mean those <laughs> viewing with their ears. Know that you were smashed for? Oh, I was hammered in one of them. Yeah, so this is my episode. Yeah, it's fun. It kind of is, but I'm a little worried for when I have to actually read my story, and I feel bad for you for editing later. Yeah, I felt bad for me editing when I was hammered because I could hear it all in myself, or yeah. I was like, I could hear myself slurring. Yeah. But I feel like other people might just be like, oh, she's just a little lispy. <laughs> Also, it was one of our, like, first ones, so they didn't know. No, they didn't know at all. She needs speech therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. My story today is about Karina Saunders. Oh. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? No, but it reminds me of Karina Karina, which is one of my favorite movies. No idea what that is. Which, by the way, shout out to Jonathan, who always emails us after every fucking episode and tells us, like, what movies pair well with what we just said. (laughs) Like, what murder we just told. Uh, that's actually a really cool fucking talent. I know. I was like, yo, you should start a blog. Yeah. (laughs) I bet people would look that shit up to be like, uh, I would like to know what movies would go well with this. Yeah. It's like pairing cheese and wine. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like pairing wine to it or something or whatever you're going to drink. Yeah. Anyway, if Jonathan ever makes a fucking blog, then, you know, you guys will know what movies pair well with our episodes. Yeah. You could watch a movie and listen to our episode and then get the real facts from the movie, probably. Jonathan's going to be like, Karina Karina fucking sucked. And I'm going to be like, listen, Ray Liotta is my god. So <laughs> need to back the fuck up. Everyone has a, has a thing. Okay. Tell your story. All right. So Karina was born on July 17th, 1992. Oh, a youngin. A youngin. She was a beautiful 19-year-old girl and she made friends wherever she went. I'm referring to her in past tense. Obviously for reasons that we all know. Yes. Um, She had a baby brother who was three years old and a new puppy, both of whom she fucking adored. Wow, a three-year-old brother. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I'm just thinking of the mom who, like, waited till her kid was, like, 16. Yeah, could have been an accident. And then she's like, fuck. That's my deepest fear in life. (laughs) I know. (laughs) After having to. I'm going to be like, can you just take the whole fucking thing with you when you take this kid out? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Listen, it's going to be 20 years from now. My kids are going to be listening to this and I'll have a third. And they're going to be like, Mom. <laughs> right. Sorry, kid. The first two were really hard. You didn't want me? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> but now that you're here, I'll take you. Yeah. Your father did, but I didn't. <laughs> anyway, she was always making people around her laugh. And Karina was described as an engaging and fun-loving free spirit. Okay, I love her. Sounds like everybody fucking did. Yeah. She graduated early from high school and was obviously really smart. Yeah. She won awards for accounting and had a love of math and numbers. Whoa, you win awards for accounting? I have no fucking idea. You balance those books so goddamn well. Right? 
It, was that a T account? It said that she also had like spelling bee fucking awards and stuff. Ooh, I would not have done well there. Ooh, I could have spelled like a champ, but you give me a pen and paper, I could figure it out. <laughs> Ask me to spell it in the air, and I'm like, oh. I literally just said spelling in the air, so if there's a clue to how well I do. So there's that. <laughs> but I, I guess maybe she went to like, I don't know, accounting fucking contests. <laughs> Because, like, a spelling bee is a contest. So that's the only oh, way I could yeah. think of you get an account, like, an, an award, award for accounting. Yeah. Either way, she was really good at math. <laughs> and she had big dreams to be either an accountant or an opera singer. Ooh, I like her second dream better. <laughs> <laughs> well, she could also sing really well. Like, this girl had it all, right? Oh, she sounds awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, she had gotten mixed up with drugs. Oh. But she went to rehab and was on a sober path. Okay. Go, Karina. Yeah. And then on September 17th, 2011, Karina went to a baby shower for one of her friends. And while there, she met up with one of her best friends, Brittany. Okay. But they were like the type of best friends that had been friends forever and then kind of drifted apart. But Uh when they met up again or talked, it was like, you know. No time had passed. Exactly. There were so many of those. Exactly. I have at least one. (laughs) At least one. At least Jamie Ann. (laughs) But those are the best kind of friends to have, right? Absolutely. And the two went to grab food together, and they talked about Karina's sobriety. And Karina even asked Brittany if she would go with her to the Narcotics Anonymous meetings. Uh huh. And Brittany was like, "Fuck yeah, of course I will." Like, did Brittany need help too, or was she just like, "I need, I want someone to go with me"? I think it was more like that. Like, okay. Like, hey, would you like just be my buddy in this? Yeah, yeah. And Brittany was like, "Hell yeah, I want to see you do good." Like, yeah, I got your back, girl. Yeah. And she had high hopes for Karina to get her life back on track and become all the things that she wanted to be. Like, she's going to fucking be a star from here on out, right? Yeah. So then Karina spent the weekend with her mom, Margie, and she reconfirmed her faith in God. And her mom was super pumped that everything seemed to be going right, finally, like for Karina. yeah. Not finally, but everything was on the right track again. Yeah. There's a little bump in the road, but we're cool now, right? Absolutely. As a parent, I'd be like, fuck yes. Yeah, exactly. And so then the next week, Karina spent with her cousin, and then on September 28th, she was dropped off at a Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. And allegedly, a man named Kenny Richards picked her up and dropped her off at an apartment complex that same day. Okay. The timeline on this gets a little bit fuzzy, Mm -hmm. but about a week after that, a high school friend of Karina's said that he saw her at his apartment complex raking gravel. Like, working? (laughs) Yeah. He said that he went over and talked to her. And he found out that she had been assisting the apartment handyman. Oh. And she was actually living with him and his son. Oh. Was his name whatever, Rogers, whatever you said his name Kenny was? Richards? No. Yeah. <laughs> was like Kenny Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> That's who I saved in my brain as. Was she living with Kenny Rogers? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. I almost solved the mystery. <laughs> but somewhere in the conversation, Karina mentioned that she was super hungry. And when her friend asked her when the last time she had eaten was... She said it had been a few days. Oh, my gosh. But she seemed, like, really embarrassed by that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he took her up to his apartment and made her some Hot Pockets, and they talked for a while Some Hot Pockets? Listen, it sounds like... (laughs) She was 19 at the time, so it sounds like they're, you know, fresh out of high school. And it's, like, what I would offer a person at that age. Like, Yeah. I got Hot Pockets and toast. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to, like, taste rubber for a week, or do you want, like... Toast with margarine because I didn't, can't afford butter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so they were talking for like three more hours or something. Like she was there for a while and they were just catching up, having a good time. Okay. That was really nice of him, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so then before she left, her friend gave her a duffel bag since he noticed that she seemed to be carrying everything she owned in a laundry bag. 
And she, oh, interesting. He was like, hey, this is like a little bit sturdier. Here you go. <laughs> this has a strap. Yeah. And he said that she was acting as if like he had given her a fucking gold bar. Like, really? Yeah. She was super grateful and like hugged him super tight and was like, oh my God, you're the fucking best, right? So was she just kind of like roaming at this time? Well, it had said that she was living in the handyman's apartment with his son but but she obviously didn't have much she didn't have much like all of her belongings were in this laundry bag and she hadn't eaten so i think she was either like couch surfing or just trying to get by got it so karina hung out at his apartment until about 8 p.m when she said that she had to leave Mm -hmm. and her friend said that he saw her around the apartment a few days later but that was it like that was the last time he saw her okay Karina didn't have a cell phone, so the main way that she stayed in contact with everyone was through Facebook. Oh, I was going to say smoke signals. Close. Close second. (laughs) Close. Pigeons. (laughs) Carrier pigeons. Well, Karina posted an update on September 28th, 2011, and she said, what's everybody doing tonight? Would she use, like, the internet or a computer or something? Maybe a library. It didn't really specify. that's what I was thinking, too. Maybe fucking Kenny Rogers had a... Yeah. Internet. yeah, it could have been a friend's, a, a friend's computer or something. So then starting on October 9th, Karina's cousin started to get threatening text messages from a guy named Kyle Savage. Oh, that's not good. The messages... Her cousins did? Yeah. Remember I said she lived with her cousin for like a week and then she got dropped off at the Taco Bell? Oh, okay. Yes. Well, that cousin started to get threatening text messages from this guy, Kyle. Uh-huh. And the messages said things like, I'm going to bury you next to Karina. Bury. Is that, did I say that weird? Yeah, a little bit. But you said it right. You said <laughs> it how it's spelled. Is it bury? Everybody says bury. Not everybody. Bury? The right way to say it is bury. Oh, okay. But you just sounded, you know, super hick. <laughs> you just sounded real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bury you. Well. Wait, where is he going to bury her? Next to Karina. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, that's the appropriate part that you should have listened to. That's super implicating. Listen, I was too <laughs> fucking distracted by the way you said a word that you say normally all the other times in I, our friendship. But today I you was said bury. reading. It's because bury? you can hear yourself say it back, so you want to make sure you say it right. I think I just read it and I was like, bury. Like, oh, you know, when you I was, I was find like, I way do that the all word. the time with the word like self-conscious. Like, I try <laughs> to say all the letters because I can yeah. hear it back and I'm like... I did it again where I threw in an N, and it's not supposed to have an N. (laughs) Self-conscience. Yeah. So then Kyle later claimed that he didn't realize who he was texting, and he thought he was texting with a man. No. Which, either which way. Doesn't matter. You're going to bury someone. Yeah. Bury someone. See? You say it normally. (laughs) You're right. Maybe because you were reading, because you weren't reading that. I think it was because I was reading. (laughs) But you like, if you're going to bury someone next to Karina, that's still pretty fucking implicating. Uh, Yeah. Because you know where Karina's buried, and nobody thinks she's buried anywhere right now. Yeah, no one had any suspicions of this, right? We're on to you, Mr. Savage. Yeah, so. I reject your reality and substitute with my own. (laughs) Mythbusters. It's the best line that I always forget to use. (laughs) So Karina's mom got on Facebook and realized that Karina hadn't posted anything in over 11 days. No. Yeah, and so she's like, "Mm, that's fucking suspicious. Yeah. So she filed a missing persons report on October 10th, which was the very next day. Yeah. And she went around town and put up flyers about Karina being missing. Go Karina's mom. Yeah. And she fully expected Karina to see one of the flyers and get mad that she had, like, overreacted. Yeah. But 
best reaction you can have exactly in that scenario. yeah so she was like oh she's gonna be pissed about this but like sucks to suck i want yeah. my kid like yeah. just contact me right yeah sorry i care if you're alive yeah exactly <laughs> so then another one of karina's friends created a facebook page called karina come home oh my god they're getting serious yeah and these people are kind of on top of it i mean yeah. granted a, f- a while had gone by but like she was kind of seemed like a nomad yeah like a roamer maybe like you don't yeah. hear from her for a while and then you catch up and yeah it's like a couch surfer you know yeah. she's like somewhere you just haven't heard from her in a couple of days yeah so it's pretty awesome that they're like i don't care if she's pissed i want to find her yeah yeah i would do that for you i appreciate you motherfucker appreciate you too so on this facebook page all of her friends were like begging her to get into contact with them and like yeah you know hey just fucking shoot us a line right yeah So then on Thursday, three days after Karina's mom, Margie, had filed the missing persons report, she heard on the radio while she was at work that police had found a body behind a grocery store. Oh, God. Every mom's nightmare. Yes. And she immediately contacted the investigator on Karina's case, Uh asking if it was her, but he wouldn't or couldn't say. Uh, no. Yeah. So the next day, a detective came to Margie's house to talk to her and ask for Karina's dental records. Oh, no. And Margie asked why she couldn't just go identify the body. Yeah. And she even kind of tried to, like, make light of the situation, saying it's not like the body's been dismembered or something. Oh, my God. Okay, weird. Well, she's trying to, like, make light of it. Like, come on. Like, it's cool. I can go there. Like, it's not like it's that fucking bad, right? Oh, God. But it is. Well, they wouldn't let her go. And then on the next day, which was a Monday, she learned that the body they had found had, in fact, been dismembered. Oh, my God. Side note, because we, like, listen to a lot of murder, I'm like, a little fishy. Oh, right. (laughs) you're calling that it got dismembered, which is a terrible thing to say. Like, I would hope she has nothing to do with that. I'm going to wait and see how the story unfolds, but... Yeah, but it is a little bit odd to, like, guess and then have it be right. Yeah. But... It was like a nervous joke. I get it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Totally. But because we read the most fucked up shit all the time, in my brain, I'm like, but didn't she? Yeah. It's not like she was, you know, fucking stabbed ear to ear. And they're like, yeah. well. 27 times. Come on down. left eyeball. Yeah. With this special kind of thumbtack. Why don't you come sit down right over here? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but they'd found out that it was actually Karina. Oh, that's so sad. Apparently, there was a group of people that were doing some type of volunteer work behind the Homeland Grocery Store on Mm -hmm. October 13th when they noticed two bags with a foul smell coming from them. (gasps) And they realized that never leads to anything good. Yeah. So they immediately called the police. Poked it with a stick. Okay. (laughs) Or called the police. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do too. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Definitely wouldn't open it. (laughs) The police found the body of a young woman who was dismembered and put in a duffel bag (gasps) and a smaller laundry bag. Oh, the two bags she owned. Yeah. This is taking a wild twist. Yeah. Well, I didn't write it down, but the person, her friend who at the apartment complex who had given her the duffel bag, when he found out that it was Karina and that she had been dismembered and put in a duffel bag, yeah. he asked the investigators, like, can you fucking describe the duffel bag? Was it a red North face bag? It's yeah. the Russian mafia. Exactly. Don't worry, I've solved it. <laughs> he was, like, super distraught that it could be the duffel bag that oh he had God, given her. Oh, my God, I would be, too. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, it wasn't. It was oh. a different one. So Say what? Yeah. Well, that is a bigger twist than what I was going for. <laughs> but he was like, he made it a point to ask, to be like, hey, the, what? Ooh, like, so now I'm thinking. Shit's not mine, right? Now I'm thinking, good move, random stranger guy friend. Ooh. I'm kidding. God, this is such a bad thing to joke Just blame about. everyone I bring up. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's the glass and a half of wine. It makes me suspicious as fuck. Yeah, you get real paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> Who killed Karina? 
So the medical examiner said that it was a horrific death. Oh, God. I bet. She's in two bags. Well, yeah, but that could be like afterward. After death. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, this is worse then. Oh, yeah. Okay. And later, he was able to identify the body that it was Karina based on tattoos and dental records. Oh. I guess she had a very distinctive tattoo on her back. I got some of those. <laughs> you do. I could identify your body. You could. I could identify your fucking toe scar if you didn't have a tattoo even. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, let me see her left foot. Oh, I'm sorry. That's missing? Uh, Let's see here. That's where I wrote her like a toboggan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Down a graveled pa- pathway. And she saved my life from clotheslining myself. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so during the investigation, police were alerted of a man nicknamed Country. Oh, God. We know some of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, his real name was Jimmy Massey. Okay, Jimmy? Jimmy. Jimmy was 33 years old at the time and happened to be under investigation with another task force for allegedly moving large amounts of meth. <laughs> so, country uh-huh. was on the wrong side of the law. <laughs> they had a task force for his ass in Methville. Yeah, because they were like, this guy's moving some big quantities. We need a task force. Yeah. Okay, so then Jimmy was taken into custody on November 4th for the meth charges, mm-hmm. but he agreed to talk to investigators and be questioned about Karina's death. Because he's saying, like, I-, I didn't do it. You can question me? Yeah, okay. yeah. Basically, like, I'm just a nice guy cooperating with police. Clean as can be. Yep. Jimmy admitted that he had been present when Karina was murdered. What? Didn't see that coming. Thought he was going to deny it to the end. I thought so, too. Wow. He had even watched it. <gasps> But he didn't do it, of course. The fuck, Jimmy? First you can't of all, just watch that shit. First of all, Jimmy, get a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, lawyer up, buddy. From a purely professional standpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't talk to the cops. Oh, I'm just God. gonna talk to the cops and clear this up. Yeah. You're gonna do fucking 25 to life. <laughs> all right, Tom Segura. <laughs> oh my God, what a what a dum dum. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, yay for cool. Him. Now we have some insight. Yeah, some mm-hmm. insight into the case. Okay. So there was another witness whose name was redacted from the police records. Ooh, girl. You know those big words. Well, it's because I was... blacked that shit out? Yeah. I was looking at the police records and reading them, and I was like, why is this all fucking blacked out? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what they mean when they say it's redacted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that word. You yeah. Sound real smart. So this other witness's name was redacted from the police reports who said that they had been at the location of the murder right before it happened. Oh, my God. Was there a party before this shit happened? How are there so many people present? I think it was kind of like a drug house. Oh. So people were coming and going. Oh, that's so sad. They said it happened at a two-story house, but that they left shortly after Karina arrived with another girl. Okay. They said that Jimmy was at the house when they left. All right. So while Jimmy was in custody on the drug charges, he was apparently talking to other inmates or detainees or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said that he was involved in the murder. And then he described cutting off Karina's arms and legs. Oh, wait. So he did it. Uh, it sounds like he was telling the police, like, no, 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 I just watched that shit. And then Listen. he's like to other people, like, hey, man, guess what else? Right? Yeah. So. So Jimmy's looking pretty fucking shady. Jimmy's looking pretty fucking shady. And that shit hadn't been made public yet. Oh, so he was, like, admitting stuff. Yeah. Like oh, so he definitely, he's not just talking to be, like, talking to game in prison. Oh, no, he, like, knew stuff. Oh, he did some shit. But also he admitted to being there. Yeah, but, like, he did some shit. Probably. He at least defiled a deceased body. Probably. If he helped chop something up that he was talking about. Yeah. 
But it hadn't been made public, so obviously the only people that know are, like, the investigators and the people involved in the fucking murder, right? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy also apparently passed notes around to another detainee that talked more about the murder. Those are called kites. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. They flush them down the toilet however they get them, you know. Who do you? Like, fling it to the next cell. <laughs> exactly. I've seen Locked Up. <laughs> I'm basically a professional. Yes. But he had gotten these kites <laughs> to another detainee that talked more about the murder and how Karina's body had been wrapped up before being disposed of. Even more insider scoop. Yeah, which is also like, police are like, okay, that's yeah, like... We got you, Jimmy. Yeah, that hadn't been fucking public knowledge that the body had been wrapped up and everything and the specific type of material that was used to was wrap like up the body. It didn't specify, but they were like, that. he knew that and that's fucking crazy. And they... They did, like, handwriting tests to be, like, he also very clearly wrote this note. Oh, shit. Even though we know it came from his cell or whatever. <laughs> like, Okay. I was like, what are they doing handwriting tests on? I get it. The kite. Yeah. The kite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the fucking string. <laughs> <laughs> your DNA profile was found on the string and everything else in your cell, so. <laughs> yeah. So, based on this evidence, Jimmy was charged with first-degree murder. Okay. So, there were a ton of people who were interviewed and seemingly connected somehow to Karina's murder. But another oh. one that really stood out was a guy named Luis Ruiz, <laughs> who was 37 years old. That is unfortunate. Yeah, his parents did that to him on purpose. Yes, they did. So someone came forward and said that they had been driving with Luis when he told them that he had planned the whole attack. Oh. Yeah. There are so many people involved now. Yeah, there's a ton of people. So police contacted Luis's girlfriend at the time. And she said that while she was with Luis, there were two separate occasions where they had to, quote unquote, babysit a girl oh. who she later learned was Karina. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know what babysit means in this circumstance. Yeah. Like, was she, like, drugged and couldn't take care of herself or drunk and couldn't take care of herself? Or was it, like, watch her, she's my prisoner? I don't know. Yeah, it could have been those or it could have just been, like... I mean, if she had relapsed and was back on drugs or something, if they're like, ugh, fuck, like, she's going to stay at the house for a minute, I'm going to go get drugs or whatever, but, like, stay here with her. Mm, I yeah. don't know what it was. Okay. So Luis told his then-girlfriend that Karina was going to be, quote-unquote, dealt with. Oh, I don't like, um... No. So remember the girl who arrived at the house with Karina? Yes. Well, she was also spoken to, but she said that she saw the murder and then jumped out of a window to escape. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Okay. She said that she saw Luis beat Karina, untie her up. Oh. And then he drug her to a room upstairs and tied her to a small table. Ew. He used rope and thin twine, which matched with the medical examiner's reports of injuries on Karina's shins. Ooh. And then Luis cut off Karina's left foot. What? And tried to cut off her right one when the she was saw alive? broke. Yeah. Why? Uh, what we'll get to possible motives. Do? Well, know. it doesn't matter what you do. You shouldn't do that. No, Just no. In general. Pretty <laughs> fucked generally up. generally speaking, it's a hard rule. Hard rule, don't cut off people's appendages. Yeah. Extremities. So the seriously fucked up part is that there oh, was... Oh, there's more. Oh, yeah. Well, there was apparently video of this. <gasps> Stop. Why? I don't know. Yeah, I guess you can't answer that, but okay. Yeah. Did they find it? Or was it like uh, somebody said they took a video and then it's missing? That. Good. I don't want to see it. No. I don't want like... Still images when I Google search shit no, for your case. No, you will not get those. When I forget it in a week and I'm looking it up and I'm yeah. like, God damn it, I remember. <laughs> well, another witness said that close to Mother's Day, which was May 13th, obviously, 
<laughs> Obviously. Seven months later, she was with Luis at a hotel room when he went to use the bathroom. Uh-huh. And she looked at his phone and saw the video. Oh, she a snoop. Yeah. Well, <gasps> she snooped and saw the video. In his videos? Yeah, I guess. Uh, and she watched a couple seconds of it uh, until Karina started to scream, <gasps> and then she turned it off. Yeah, that'll fucking scar you. Did she then run out of the hotel room? I don't know. She, she probably got the fuck that out. that in her report so I could have an appropriate reaction. <laughs> she probably got the fuck out as soon as possible. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> I don't feel good because I just watched, watched some shit. Yeah. Well, she said that the phone that she saw it on belonged to Luis and that she recognized him in the video as the person torturing karina why would you keep that on your phone because you're a fucking sick person yeah so because of this evidence luis was also charged with first degree murder good so then investigators got a tip that a convicted felon named michael knight nicknamed monster oh god we know one of those (laughs) (laughs) yeah right was actually renting the home where karina's murder had taken place is this really just a story of all of our friends (laughs) basically Yeah, that we shouldn't hang out with any of these people. Country and monster. Yeah. (laughs) So just to paint the picture, monster is six foot six and 280 pounds. Jesus. So he's a fucking big guy. He's a little bit of an imposing man. Yeah. And he has a tattoo that says monster on his arm. Yeah. Fucking obviously. Is it in the brand of monster, the energy Uh, drink? I don't know. I Uh, hope so. It's so white trash. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah. So police went to go investigate, but it had been abandoned a few days earlier and smelled strongly of bleach. Oh, pretty suspicious. Police found blood, hair, and bugs in a freezer and blood in the living room and a bedroom. They took a machete, a piece of linoleum, and a towel with a dark stain on it. Okay, blood. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Police also found a blackberry, which... How do you leave your fucking phone? But. I was like, the fruit? <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <laughs> 2011. Blackberries were big. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the iPhone of our age. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, you can do everything on it. It's like a Palm Pilot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without a stylus. Yeah. There's all the tiny buttons. Yeah. You could check your email with a little ball in the middle. That's if you had the Blackberry Pearl. Ooh. So fancy. I never had a Blackberry. I did. That was rich. Obviously. <laughs> Like, yeah, I spent, like, five paychecks to get it. Yeah. Well, they also found a roll of electrical tape, which you would think that the Blackberry would be, like... The, like, apex of the story. Yeah, the icing on the cake kind of thing. It wasn't. It was electrical tape. <laughs> I just didn't know it was coming. <laughs> so they even took the traps from the kitchen and bathroom sinks to be, like, maybe some shit was pushed down here, right? Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, the house is fucking abandoned anyway. Okay. So, like, let's just take everything. Yeah. So the police have pretty much got this all in the bag, right? Yeah. Well, they fucking don't. (gasps) Suicide. It was suicide. (laughs) She chopped herself up. Apparently, the police were accused of falsifying information. What? I'm not sure what information. How? But the charges against Jimmy and Luis were dropped. Shut the front door. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. How? Why? Falsifying information. The police, like the whole prosecution, had to drop the fucking case against Jimmy and Luis. They must have really falsified some shit. Well, the two lead detectives on the case were actually fired. One of them had been stealing drugs from the evidence lockup. Oh, you can't do that, man. No, you're not supposed to do that. No, you don't know what's in there either. That's like a big no-no. Yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> well, they could probably really test gonna... it if they're cops. <laughs> they're really not going to like it. No. If you do that. Wait, I know you don't know what they falsified. Mm-hmm. But because this dude stole some drugs 
Um, I don't think it was because of that. I think okay. they were like, um, one thing that I read was saying that they would bring everybody in and these were, you know, people with drug charges and maybe involved in some shit. And they're like, well, if you tell us what happened, then we'll drop these charges. Oh. Which leads to people making up stories. Okay. And false witnesses okay 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 so okay that makes me feel a little better kind of a shitty investigation on top of this guy was also stealing Stealing drugs so he's not real into you know the whole police thing so he's not really like ethical yeah he's not okay he's not really good at his job i was gonna say listen now that you can steal some fucking evidence and shit now that that's like you know we all agree that that's okay i get it that's bad but if it then undermined all of his previous work then i'm like whoa these people got off on murder because this guy is yeah because this guy was a, had a fucking habit or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. No. It was it was a little bit bigger than that, but it didn't say, like, which parts of this were inaccurate or anything. Got it, So yeah. I'm, I'm not positive if I told you false information, even at this point. Mm, I, I wouldn't uh, expect any less. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would think I did. <laughs> so, so Luis was released from jail, and Jimmy is still being held on the drug charges. Okay. But he's no longer in for murder. Yeah. Luis filed a lawsuit against the Bethany Police Department, stop. and they settled for $50,000. Stop. He got paid $50,000. He was on a video, supposedly. Supposedly, but Chopping they don't have the video. Down. Stop. Yeah. And what? maybe that's part of the falsified information. Maybe that lady that was in a hotel room don't with Luis. Don't you fuck with me right now, because I believe every word that comes out of your golden mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't. We don't know. I don't know, especially. But the police also don't <laughs> Certainly <know>. I don't. <laughs> Unless someone specifically tells me what happened, I don't know. What? So the investigation then transferred over to OSBI. Yeah, to get the OSBIS. The OSB <laughs> to get fresh eyes on the case. And another tip came in that Kenny Richards. <laughs> oh, fucking Kenny Rogers. Come come on in. Yep. The, Have a seat. The guy who picked up Karina at the Taco Bell. Yeah. He had actually buried... he had actually buried evidence from the murder on his property in a metal tank what a tank yeah who has a metal tank maybe it's like a fucking propane tank i thought you were talking like a oh like like an ammo box oh i thought you meant like a military tank (laughs) it's a big did i mention the tank is a tank (laughs) sold so police search this metal tank and they find why wouldn't they i well i mean i just is like blowing my mind that literally there's a metal tank like buried in the ground. Well, it could be a propane tank. Okay. Yeah. Or like a septic tank. Mm. So police find a shirt, a windbreaker, sandals, and a knife. And oh. most of the clothing belonged to a female. So a murder kit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically a murder stuff. Yeah. And they were sent for testing, but I couldn't find whether or not they were related to Karina and her murder. Okay. But it's pretty fucking suspicious, right? Uh, yeah. So the police still haven't actually seen this video of the murder. Okay. But they do believe that it actually exists, and there's a $10,000 reward for it. Okay. Edward Snowden, are you busy? <laughs> no, he's in Russia doing literally nothing. <laughs> do you want 10000 U.S. dollars? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> USD. You've made a lot more money on other things. Well. You know, by, like, disclosing fucking secrets and shit. You know, but- Joe Rogan got him. Maybe we can get him onto this. Okay, so the case is still ongoing, and no one has been officially charged with Karina's murder. Okay. But 
We all know what really happened. Fucking basically, yeah. Oh my god. Or so we think. I don't know how much of it was actually falsified. That's crazy. But possible motives that the OSBI came Mm -hmm. up with is that Karina was groomed for prostitution. And then like was like, I don't want to fucking do that anymore. Uh-huh. And so she was tortured and killed in front of a group of women so that they would cooperate. Like to be an example? Yeah, basically. That's terrible. That's a terrible possible motive. Yeah. But I mean, what other motive is there? I don't know, but I hate it. Maybe if she owed money or if she was just like. Maybe she stole drugs and they were like, can't steal drugs in these parts. Not around here. I mean, that's a terrible thing to say, but I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Another one is that drug dealers had killed her by mistake. Thinking, Hold up. You don't chop somebody up by mistake. Well, I mean, like, they meant to chop her up, but that they thought that Karina was actually the daughter of a different drug dealer that they intended to kill. But, like, oh. oop, mistaken identity. <gasps> oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. But that's pretty much all we know. And Karina's Closet was created in memory of Karina, where people can donate all kinds of helpful items and clothes to women and families in need. So her family and friends are, like, trying to do good, good things with her, yeah, with her name. But basically there's no fucking closure Nobody on this. Nobody paid for it. Somebody literally chopped this poor woman up. Yeah. And she was in a bag. And I'm sure there has to be DNA evidence. I don't know. I mean, on the bag or the material or something. Like, I feel like if there's video evidence, (laughs) like, where did that take place? Can we fucking do some luminol in the room? Like, what about this place that they stole the traps from? Whatever came of the traps that they found? Well, the blood and stuff that they found in the freezer and all that wasn't a match to Karina's. Oh, well, that's even more suspicious. Yeah. All right, so some other shit has gone down here. Let's have a chat. Come sit down. Want a cookie? I gotta put the fucking laundry in the fucking dryer yeah basically someone else has also bled in that apartment and we don't know who and their hair has been put in the freezer exactly and we don't know who it was and we don't it wasn't karina but what yeah okay hold up what happened with mr savage the guy that was texting the cousin yeah yeah the cousin like oh i'll bury you next to karina yeah i don't know mr fucking kyle mr fucking kyle kyle savage yeah i don't know i don't know that what that one never uh had any closure in all of the articles I read. I read so many fucking articles on this shit. Okay. So, somebody. Do we know that that was his real name? Like, that was really a person that she knew? Or was it just like, ah, I have him saved in my phone. It's Kyle Savage. I think it's an actual person. And okay. I'm sure that they actually did talk to him. Because they said that, like, a fucking shit ton of people came in to be questioned interviewed? and interviewed. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if nothing ever, like, matched yeah. up or came from uh. it. We And he did say... Oh, I thought I was texting a dude, and it, he just basically didn't realize that the bad timing of this joke. Yeah. Supposedly. I don't care who you're texting. It sounds weird. Yeah, it does. Reddit believes that Kenny Richards was the Rogers. guy. Yeah, good old Kenny Rogers was the, was the culprit. culprit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, but we don't know. Well, this is weird. Yeah. I don't like this one. No, it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. And it's her, super fucked up. Her family still has like an active Facebook page where they're updating stuff. And Where did you say this took place? Oklahoma, I believe. What the fuck is going on in Oklahoma? I, I don't know. Fucking meth, apparently. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, what's crazy to me is not only that all these like fucking loose ends are flying around. Yeah. And that... There were crooked cops involved. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I don't know what ends are actually loose or what ends were like never Made supposed up. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But then the fact that there is somebody else's blood and hair all over another house 
which could be like, oh, I bump myself and I bleed a lot and I fucking take blood thinners or something. But that that's not explained. It's yeah. like pretty fucking fishy. But maybe the cops had an explanation. They're just like, ah, no one on the fucking internet needs to know, though. Also, a lot of this came from, like, the Oklahoman fucking newspaper or some shit. And so it was, uh, like... yes, the Oklahoman. But they weren't, like, overly detailed. Descriptive? Yeah. And then they're, like, oh, sign up for this fucking newsletter. Otherwise, you can't read it. Like, you you get five free articles. And I'm, like, Hit can you just fifth. tell me my fucking... Like, I just want to hear the news. Like, what do you mean? You wrote an article. Just let me fucking read it. Yeah. So I'm stupid. Gonna, I'm not going to give you my information i did yeah i would too <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm gonna cancel this right away <laughs> all right stacy give me your goddamn story okay my story is about ursula herman ursula ursula good name yeah so in september of 1981 a 10 year old girl by the name of ursula herman mm-hmm. lived with her parents and three older siblings in a german village called ecking all right. Pretty sure I'm saying all the German names wrong, so bear with me and let's go. I feel like you crushed Ursula. On this journey. Oh, yeah. Ursula nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Little Mermaid, I've seen it all the way through. Yeah, at least none times. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? <laughs> Ecking sits on the north end of the Amersea Lake, in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. I was. And it's like a touristy village where rich people would buy, like, extra vacation homes, and they're like, oh, I'm just vacationing in Ecking. Mm, okay. Like our Hamptons. All right. And then, like, also people vacation there that aren't rich, and they're like, I'm just having fucking drinks by the lake, and I pretend to be rich. Yeah. It's like Big Bear. Like us. Mammoth. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Uh, so Ursula's family lived there, obviously, right? But they didn't have a lot of money. Instead, what had happened was her great-granddad had bought some land for grazing, and then it, like, got all built up. Ooh, okay. And then it was, like, you know, the land was passed down through the family. Yeah. And so that's how they happened upon this beautiful little village. That is the best gift you can give your family. Yes. Property. (laughs) So Ursula, a little bit about her, she was described as a very happy and lively young girl. But she was also pretty cautious and somewhat sensitive. And one of the examples given was, like, she could get upset by things like her classmates misbehaving. Oh. The only thing I could think of was, like, if you're in a group project and you're like, fucking get it together, Chad. Yeah, yeah. Or that one kid who keeps, like, shouting out in class and you're like, can you just fucking not? Yeah, I'm just trying to get my shit together, man. Like, I'm out of my business. You mind yours. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. So she seemed like a pretty fucking put together girl, right? Yeah. On September 15th, 1981, which was a Tuesday, Hmm. Ursula got home from school, and it just happened to be the first day of the new school year, and her and her older brother, whose name was Michael, they practiced piano, and I guess her older brother was much older and helped her fucking do the shit, and later on, he goes on to know a lot about music, so makes sense, right? Yeah. After her piano lessons, she biked over to another nearby village. The village name was Shorndaff. Yep, I bet it was. Nailing it. <laughs> Which was two miles away. And then she attended a gymnastics class. God damn. I know, right? She's got all kinds of fucking... extracurricular activities. There you go. <laughs> None of which I had. Yeah. To get to Shorndorf, she would ride her bike along a graveled lakeside path that went somewhat through like a wooded area. Mm, sounds sketch. Yeah, sounds a little scary, right? After her gymnastics class, she stayed there and she went over to her cousin's house for dinner. Okay. Around 7.20 p.m., her mom called the cousin's house and was like, hey, Ursula, it's time to come home. The sun's coming down. You know. 7.20, goddamn. Yeah, you got school tomorrow. Come home. 
Yeah. So she's like, all right, coming. And the bike ride only took her 10 minutes. So after 30 minutes goes by and Ursula's mom hasn't seen any sign of Ursula, she calls the cousin's house again. And she's like, hey, Ursula's aunt, did you send Ursula home? Because, you know, I called a little bit ago and she's supposed to be home. She's not home yet. And her aunt was like, "Uh, she left 25 minutes ago. And they both instantly knew something was wrong. Oh, God. So Ursula's father immediately began searching the path from Ecking. And her uncle did the same from Schorndorf. Yeah. And then they were like going to meet in the middle, right? So they do that, but neither of them find Ursula or any sign of her. Oh, no. Exactly. So then they're like, let's call the cops. They call the cops, and within an hour, authorities and neighbors are all out looking for her. Like, they run around and tell all their friends, like, fucking help us find my daughter. She's missing. Yeah. So everybody gets out there. Yeah. And they start searching. Whole town comes together. Yes. And they even got a scent dog Ooh. to help lead them in the right direction. Fun okay. fact, the scent dog was a wiener dog. Huh. And do you know what his name was? Wiener Schnitzel? <gasps> Crushed it. Really? No, I'm totally kidding. I didn't get any of that information, but I really wanted to say that. Oh. Because <laughs> I knew you would say Vina Schnitzel. Vina Schnitzel. <laughs> I don't know what kind of dog it was. I'm sure it was like a German Shepherd. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you hate me. You just lead me in all kinds of different directions. I was like, I've never heard of a wiener dog being a fucking scent dog. I didn't know they were that smart or smellable. Like fucking hips are hurting from searching. Yeah. Like how does he, he can't search anything up higher than two feet. He has dysplasia. God damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. But everything else we said so far is true. <laughs> this is all actually just been a lie. I made it all up to trick you. I'm not that clever. Okay, so they get the dogs, right? Yeah. And around midnight, a dog led an authority into the wooded area about 20 meters off the graveled path, which is approximately 22 yards if you use freedom units. All right. Learn that from you. I do use freedom units. So anyway, 22 yards off the beaten path, right? Okay. There they found Ursula's red bike, which was abandoned. Uh-oh. But she was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. By Wednesday morning, which was the next morning, There were divers in the lake and helicopters searching for the missing girl, and every news station was broadcasting that she was missing. So this is, like, a big fucking thing. Yeah. That sounds like kind of a small town and, like, a tight-knit community amongst the locals, not necessarily the tourists, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like, took the media by storm there because it's, like, a rich town. This little girl goes missing. Yeah, this isn't supposed to happen here. Yeah. I think she ended up on, like, Nancy Grace and shit, too. Oh, shit. It was even in the U.S., That lady's intense. She's so intense. Her eyeshadow is so mad. (laughs) So then come Thursday morning, so 36 hours now that Ursula has been missing, someone calls Ursula's parents' house. And when they pick up the phone, there was silence. Uh Uh-huh. And then suddenly a familiar jingle started to play into the phone. What? But there was like no explanation. So the jingle turned out to be one that was used for the traffic bulletin for the Byron 3 radio station, which is basically like German public radio. Okay. So every time, you know, fucking they would do the traffic report, it'd be like, and today in the traffic. Yeah. I don't know what the jingle was. I was just... Fucking. It probably wasn't Morse code, but uh, yeah. yeah. I was just uh, freestyling there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. not an accurate description of what they heard. Okay, so they would hear this little jingle, right? Then there would be like more silence, and then the jingle would play again. Okay. And they're like, hello, what's going on? Like, who the Did fuck is the this? Did the news station butt dial me? Yeah, like, hello, and no one's answering. And then eventually the caller would hang up. That's so creepy. I know, right? So over the next few hours... 
her parents received this call several more times. Ooh, I don't like Zero it. Zero explanation. Okay. So the police started to, like, record the calls, obviously. But each time, it would be, like, silence and give the jingle. They didn't get anything else. Just, yeah. Like, fucking, so they're recording just this jingle. Side note, was the silence, like, them rewinding the tape or something? Or was it just, like, did they hear it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's play it again. I'm going to play it again. Yeah, it could have been them rewinding it because it was the 80s. But then I feel like you'd hear like... (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Or like the buzz. Button. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Not relevant at all. But jingle silence, jingle silence. Okay. So then around noon on Friday, Ursula's parents received a letter in the mail and it was marked urgent. Okay. And the letter, when they opened it, was clearly a ransom letter. Mm. It had letters and words that were cut from newspapers. And it seemed to be written in, like, poor German. Like, maybe whoever wrote the letter didn't speak German as a first language. Okay. And the note said, we kidnapped your daughter. If you ever want to see her alive again, then pay two million Deutschmarks ransom. And then the letter went on to explain that they would call Ursula's parents and use the jingle as their call sign. (gasps) And that would be the signal for her parents to say if they were going to pay the ransom or not. Okay. And the note also said, don't contact the police. And if you don't pay, she's going to die. Okay. So you don't really have much of an option, right? Yeah. So obviously whoever wrote this note thought that it was going to be delivered the day before. Like the kidnapper thought. Oh. Yeah. Because when they called before with the jingle. Yeah. They thought that they had already had the note. So they were waiting for them to say like, yes, we're we're going to pay the ransom. Yeah. Ooh. But they had no fucking clue. They were like, what the fuck is going on? Ooh, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So they had their little shit a little mixed up. So then shortly after getting the letter... The phone rang again. Yeah. And they heard the jingle, and Ursula's mom said, like, I'll pay the ransom, because now she knew what the fuck to do. Yeah. And she asked them for proof of life while she, like, you know, while it was silent. She was like, tell me what Ursula's names of her two favorite stuffed animals are. Like, prove to me that she's alive. Tell me what they are so that I, like, I'll give you the money if you can answer this. Yeah. But the caller never responds. And so her mom gets pissed and starts, like, frantically yelling and screaming at them, which, you know. Go Ursula's mom. Sounds familiar. Yeah, sounds like something that might happen. Fuck you too, bitch. Call the cops. Yeah, I'm going to kill you and that loud-ass jingle. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, didn't see that coming. (laughs) I know. This is a great fucking twist. So then later that evening, the kidnappers send another letter, which doesn't arrive until Monday, September 21st. So I guess they, like, wrote it that night. And then it doesn't arrive till that following Monday because this was Saturday. So they, like, don't want to talk on the phone. They want her to talk on the phone, but they don't want to talk on the phone. They're like, we'll just fucking write you some snail mail because that's the most effective way to get in contact. Listen, they marked it urgent. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Yeah, but the last contact they had with them was the letter got delivered on Friday. And so then that Friday night, they write them their next letter to be like, here are your instructions now that you say that you will pay the ransom. Yeah. And then she gets it on Monday, okay? All right. I accept. So this letter was written the same as the letter before, like using the newspaper clippings. Yeah. But this time with an oddly specific set of instructions on how to pay the ransom. It was to be paid using 100 Deutschmark bills packed in suitcases, delivered by Ursula's dad, and was to arrive at the location alone, driving a yellow Fiat 600. Does he have that? (laughs) <laughs> going no faster than 90 kilometers an hour which is about 56 miles per hour okay and the actual drop-off location was never defined so the ransom sucks like i have no idea where the fuck i'm supposed to deliver this thing right slowly and i yeah don't go too fast 
You don't want to get caught by the cops. But did he own that car? No, no. I guess it was really rare in Germany at the time, too. So where is he supposed to get this fucking car? I don't know. But it was very specific. And Am also, I supposed like, to rent it? Because I'm kind of spending a lot of money here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my daughter and all, but, like, well, how? <laughs> how am I supposed to get this car? I don't have a UFO. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? I feel like if someone requests a specific color of a car, unless I know a person with that, I'd be like, I don't know how to get this. Yeah, like, I guess I can try to rent one. Yeah, but can you be like, can you give me a red one? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Never try to rent a car for specific reasons. So that's a little weird to me, but all right. Oh, yeah, it's really specific. And I don't know if I mentioned, but there's nowhere to give the money to. Like, where do you want me to drive this Fiat to? Yeah, well, was he supposed to, like, drive it along his specific road and they were going to, like, pop out and be like, thank God he wasn't going over 90 kilometers. Yeah, I can't, I can't handle getting hit by 90. <laughs> So, Ursula's parents didn't have that kind of money, obviously, because like I said, they didn't, like, live in this village because they were rich. They lived in this village because it was, like, passed down to them. Yeah. So, they're like, that's a lot of fucking money, yo. I don't have a million and a half dollars. Or two million Deutschmarks. (laughs) Yeah. And so, all of the neighbors and everyone get together and they pile all their money together and they get a good chunk of the ransom and then the state agrees to pay the rest. Wow. So they pull together this money for the ransom. Wow. Go fucking team. Yes. Awesome, right? And they do it really quick. And so now they're waiting to hear from the fucking... Jingle. Yeah. Like, uh, what do we do now? We have this money. What do you want from us? Yeah. And I'm sure they were like going to the media like, okay, ready. We're, we got the yellow Fiat. What do I do? <laughs> I'm here. And then all of a sudden, the communication stops. Oh, no. Yeah. So two weeks go by with no word, and police have zero leads on who the fuck to, like, chase down. So the police decide to search the woods again, like, where she went missing and where they found her bike and everything. Yeah. And they get over 100 policemen and 10 dogs, and they divide the forest into quadrants, and they do, like, a grid search so that they can cover, like, every square inch of the forest. Yeah. And the cops use these metal rods to probe the ground, and they're looking for, like, a possible shallow grave. Okay. So kind of sad, right? Like, they're like, she's not alive. If the people have stopped their ransom or whatever, not good. Yeah, not a great sign. Yeah. And then on the fourth day of searching, so this is 19 days since Ursula has gone missing, at 9.30 a.m., an officer probes the ground and strikes something solid. Oh. And so he calls over a fellow officer and they wipe away the leaves and the dirt and everything and they find this brown blanket and they pull up the brown blanket and it's covering a wooden board (gasps) and so they slide the board off to the side what and then they find a second board that looks kind of like a door (gasps) what yeah and so the door was like the size of a small coffee table And it was painted green and it had seven sliding bolts locking the top from the outside. From what I understood, it wasn't like they were locked shut. It was just like those sliders. Like how us in America fucking lock our bathroom doors. Yeah, yeah. In public restrooms. But like you couldn't open it from the inside. No, no, no. It was meant to just like shut it off from the inside. (gasps) Oh my god, I'm so creeped out. I know. But here's what I'm confused by. It says that they use shovels to like force the lid open. Which I'm like, why didn't you slide them off? So maybe they were locked. Maybe. But I saw a picture and they didn't look locked but maybe they had taken the locks off maybe they had taken the locks off maybe they were just like rusted shut either way it definitely was like locked from the outside so that whatever's inside can't get out precisely so they use the shovel and they force it open and when they look inside they find ursula laying there cold and lifeless oh no yeah oh no her body had looked to be unharmed and an autopsy was performed to determine the cause of death 
And it concluded that she had died within 30 minutes to five hours of being put in this box. Like, essentially, she was buried alive. Oh, my God. And inside the box, there didn't seem to be, like, any signs of a struggle or really any signs of movement. So the assumption was that she was drugged before she was placed in there and maybe drugged with nitrous oxide. Which isn't that the shit that, like, Steve-O huffs or huffed? Yeah, I'm sure he's, he's recovered now. He's sober now. Yeah, yeah. That's but yes. Crazy. Oh, I didn't know you could like drug somebody with that. Well, I mean, I don't know it, if it like incapacitates you, but I know it gives you like loopiness. I'm sure if you got enough of it, it'd make you pass out. Probably. So actually, I know that for a fact. The girl that used to work with oh, us. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what whippets are, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Full circle. We know drugs. <laughs> We're, We're so, so streetwise. <laughs> We're so smart. So the box itself, so it almost looked like a little doomsday prepper little box or something. You know somebody that would like, I have a fucking hideout shelter? Yeah. But it wasn't big. It literally could fit, like I want to say, like two, we're in my laundry room. (laughs) So two like washing machines on top of each other. Okay. To where, and I probably describe what was in here later, but let me just try to paint the picture. It's like a bench that she's sitting on so when they open the lid it's the top of her head that they're looking down on oh my god So she's sitting up like she's sitting in a chair it's not that she's laying down okay because i imagine that she was laying down i did too yeah no it's like she's sitting up in a chair and there's a little shelf that comes out that's almost like a desk for her and then she's like leaning against the wall propped back okay and the bench it also doubles as like a toilet So it was, like, meant to keep somebody alive in there. Not comfortably. Yeah. But maybe if you had done something and you wanted to hide out, you could hide in there. But you said it was, like, two washing machines tall. Yeah. Like, that's it? No around-wise? No, yeah, there was no around-wise from the picture. I'll post a picture on our website of the drawing. Like, somebody sketched it out. And at first when I saw it, I was like, that is a weird way to lay a body. And then I realized that it's sitting up, not laying down. So there wasn't room to lay down. No, no, no. There was, like... Like, if you were to step into it, you'd be stepping onto the seat or oh onto God. the shelf. And then, like, you slide your legs into the seat to sit down, and then the shelf is above your lap. Okay. So she, it's essentially just like a buried toilet. Basically, yeah. Like a With porta a potty. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Also, in this little fucking buried porta potty or whatever you want to call it, yeah. closet, it was stocked with some essentials to keep you alive. It had three bottles of water, 12 cans of Fanta. Or Fanta, if Ooh. you're me. <laughs> Six large chocolate bars, four packets of biscuits. I'm imagining biscuits might be like crackers here. I think so, yeah. Okay. And two packs of chewing gum. Who can have that much chewing gum? <laughs> I guess if you're bored down there. I guess. So it also had 21 books that seemed to be like totally random. There was westerns, romance novels, thrillers, and even a Donald Duck comic. Okay. And there was a light and a portable radio, which happened to be tuned to the Byron 3 radio station, which is the same station that had that jingle. Oh, no. And the box had a ventilation system made up of PVC piping that reached the ground level, but it didn't allow for proper airflow because you need, like, a fan to, like, help circulate the air. Yeah. And whoever built the box obviously didn't know that. So she, like, suffocated in there? 
that's essentially what they think happened is that like they drugged her they put her in there just to hide her to get some ransom and then they didn't realize that she didn't have proper ventilation so she suffocated to death while she was drugged like she never came to oh my god that's so sad that's why they say they think she died like 30 minutes to five hours is there was only enough air in there for that and i want to say that the ventilation system had been kind of like covered up by leaves and stuff so it wasn't even like oh like a clear clear. pipe yeah yeah Yeah. oh that's so sad i know here's where it gets weird although it's already weird yeah the box weighed 130 pounds so the conclusion is that two people would have had to been involved to get this box in the ground Mm mm-hmm And it was presumed that the kidnappers were, like, familiar with the area because they chose a remote location, which took them a little bit to find, right? Yeah. And they were able to dig a hole and bury this thing without being noticed. Yeah. Well, and they had to have been there at least for, like, two days or something. Right? Like, that's a big project. Yeah. Which is why... I was kind of thinking that maybe this already existed. Like, a lot of this theories and stuff is around the fact that, like, they had to have buried this and be noticed and, like, who would have had these resources and did anybody see them around this time? But I'm like, what if somebody is literally a doomsday prepper or they knew they were going to do some shady shit so they made a hideout for themselves? Yeah. And they didn't realize that they weren't going to be able to breathe in it. And so then they had this opportunity to present themselves where they kidnapped this girl and they put her in there. And they think she's going to be okay for, like, the night. You know, like, she'll be okay. She'll be fucking traumatized. But she will physically survive. And then when they found her the next day, they were like, oh, shit. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. And they, like, abandoned the project. But they knew, like, the jingle came days later. The letter came days later. Like, they knew they would have had to go check on her, right? Yeah. And it doesn't say, like, what day they think she died, I don't think. so. But maybe they, like, had her for a while and then they put her in there. Oh, see, I was assuming she went, like, straight from the fucking path to the box. Yeah, she could have. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I'm just throwing out theories here. So the whole village starts freaking out, obviously, because they're like, what the fuck? There's a murderer amongst us who's putting people in fucking underground porta-potties. He's got cubbies. Yeah. Yeah. Underground porta-potty murderer. Strikes again. (laughs) So the police asks for tips on who might have had the means to build this box. Like, who knows how to build this shit? Who could build this shit? Do you know anybody? It's fucking bobbing his shed for a little too long. What's yeah. going on here, right? Does your neighbor have an underground porta potty? Because yeah. maybe that's a little weird, right? Who likes Donald Duck comics? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I could profile someone by the books that are in there. <laughs> exactly, right? Like my mom was here. <laughs> okay, so the police get a tip. And their tip is Warner Mazurik, who was 31 and he lived with his wife and two children not far from Ursula's house. He was a mechanic and a TV repairman who was good with his hands. Mm-hmm. And he was like this tall, big old guy. Like he had a big old beer belly and he had a hot temper and no one liked him, right? So everybody was like, check out Werner. That shit's shady. Yeah. And he was in debt also. So they were like, here's a motive. He's mm-hmm. going to try to get some ransom money. So the police questioned Werner. And initially he had no alibi for the day that Ursula went missing. And then all of a sudden he was like, I got an alibi. Guess what I was doing? I was playing the board game Risk with my wife and some friends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so they search his home because they're like, that's pretty fishy. And he didn't even own the game. <laughs> and he didn't even have the game. No, it didn't say that. But they don't find anything linking him to that box. Like, none of the materials or anything that he had matched what they found. Okay. So then investigators find a fingerprint on some duct tape that they found in the box. Uh-oh. And they were like, we have a lead. Yeah. So thousands of people come forward and get fingerprinted, including Warner, 
but there were no matches. Ooh. Which makes me terrified to ever pick up a roll of duct tape in fucking Home Depot or anything. Well, I think the fingerprint comes from the tape side. Yeah, like don't peel it. Yeah. But what if you just grab it from the side and they're like, got a fingerprint. And you're like, no, man. I was just checking out the colors so I can make Which, a sweet purse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With nothing else to go on, the police arrest Warner because they were like, all right. But how can they arrest him if his fingerprint didn't match and yeah. they have no evidence? I don't know. But they arrest him and they're like, hey, we're going to question all your fucking friends to see if what you say is right. Yeah. And so one friend whose name was Klaus Fuffinger. Klaus. Klaus Fuffinger. Okay. There's a lot of P's and F's. I don't know which ones are silent. So I just didn't say any of the P's. <laughs> um, he was unemployed with a drinking problem, which is a great person you want to have on your side, right? Yeah. So Klaus's landlord, who he just so happened to owe money to claimed that she had seen him driving his moped with a shovel strapped to the side of it. So he could have helped Werner dig a hole in the forest, right? Yeah. And Klaus was like, I didn't fucking do any of that. And then after two days of questioning by the cops, he was like, all right, listen, Werner paid me to help dig a (gasps) hole in the forest. Fucking sketch, bro. I didn't know what was going on, but I did see a box in that hole later on. And then you never came forward to police. Right? And so the police were like, okay, Klaus, come with us. Yeah. And they take him to the woods and they were like, show us where you dug this hole. And after many hours of walking around, he couldn't lead the police even relatively close to where the hole was supposedly dug. Yeah, quote unquote, couldn't. Yeah. And then he later recanted his confession and was like, okay, listen, I was coerced to say that. I honestly don't know where this fucking took place. Yeah. And they interrogated him 10 more times and he never repeated the confession. He's like, I just said what you wanted to hear, right? Yeah. I wanted my day out in the woods. (laughs) So by 1982, a new investigative team had, like, taken over the case because it's been so long and there was no new leads or anything. So they're like, we need some fresh eyes. Yeah. And they were hoping that they'd get some more leads, right? So this new team, they find that a wire had been strung along the graveled path to be an alert system during the abduction. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? It's fucking creepy it seems that the wire would have been used as an alert for one person to like press a button when someone had come along i don't fully understand this this is how the article explained it Mm -hmm. and it would light up a signal or something to another person to let them know like hey either the path is clear or like hey someone's coming yeah so i'm not sure if it was like attack now because you're fucking clear or if it was like ah fucking look cool someone's coming yeah but i don't know if that like wire would trigger something for the other person or if it like fucking rang a bell just because it shook i don't understand completely how it worked yeah it's a little weird but they had a wire fucking system all right but past this there was no new evidence that the team uncovered other than this wire so the case goes cold this is so scary you're like finding a fucking murderer's whole murder kit and not the murderer and you have no clue who it is and you think you know and this guy's like his friend is like yeah i fucking helped him do that and then all of a sudden he's like i I didn't really i just said that okay this is crazy yeah so 20 years pass god damn and dna profiling obviously improves so all of the evidence is re-examined yeah and they found a ton more hairs and shit like as evidence on all fucking clothing and everything they're like somebody owned chipmunks i don't know And so they create profiles off of all these hairs that they find. So they now know, like, DNA profiles of people who were associated with this scene. Oh, my God. So they enter them into the database, and they get a hit. 
Okay. Some DNA found on a screw that was in the box, like that helped build the box. Yeah. Matched DNA that was found on a glass in a crime scene of a wealthy Munich woman who had been murdered in 2006. Okay. However, the person on trial for the 2006 murder was only a few years old when Ursula had been kidnapped. So they're concluding that some cross-contamination happened. Or it was the dad? No, they're like, something probably happened in the lab and we didn't do something proper. So there's What the fuck no is up that... with these goddamn lab cross-contamination I things know. right now? Can you imagine being an investigator and be like, oh my god, we got a hit? And 20 then years being, later? Yeah, and the, exactly. And then it being somebody that was like two at the time, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's not possible. And the person on trial for this, like, wealthy lady's murder was like her nephew or something. Oh, so, I mean, had a connection there. Yeah, not like not. a total random hit, right? Yeah. So, Ursula's death had been ruled a kidnapping with deadly consequences, but not a murder, because they couldn't prove that it was murder. <laughs> they just could prove that she died while being kidnapped on accident, right? Like, not that they purposely tried to kill her. But, I mean, they purposely tried to kidnap her. That's true. It's still fucking homicide. But Whether or not it's premeditated homicide, it's goddamn homicide. Evidently, there's different laws because kidnapping with deadly consequences comes with a statute of limitations of 30 years. So they have fucking 10 years to find this killer? Exactly. So the prosecutors start to scramble because it's near the 30-year mark. And they go back to Klaus's confession where he, like, said fucking helped him dig a hole yeah and before they wrote it off right like oh he just made that shit up whatever now they claim oh he was telling the truth and he was being deceitful when he couldn't like lead us to where the box's location was and that he is the world-class actor like he fucking really had us back then but today we know that he was lying so they're just trying to pin it on him now they're just trying to pin it on him now by the way his confession was never actually recorded or signed by him It was, like, later written down by the police officer who had heard the confession. Yeah. Weeks later. He was like, oh, by the way, Klaus said this shit, and he wrote it up in a report. Like, I believe that it went along these lines? Yeah. Okay, that's shady. Klaus never signed it. He never, it wasn't, like, verbatim. He didn't, like, write up his own confession. It wasn't videoed or anything. It was just, like, he said it to this police officer, and this police officer was like, no, no, no. This is what he said. He totally said this. And Klaus is like, no, I fucking didn't. Yeah. And here's the thing. Klaus died by this time. Oh, no. So, so now they're just trying to wrap up the fucking case. Exactly. So they also brought in some more specialists because they can't just be like, Klaus said this shit. So Werner, you're like in prison for life, right? Yeah. So they get the specialist to review the audio that, of the phone calls that the police had recorded of those jingles. And the specialist noticed that there was a defect in the recorder that was used to play the jingle. It was like like unique clicks or something. Yeah. So there is some unique fucking recorder out there that makes this weird noise that would prove that it was recorded on this device, right? Yeah, but fucking 20 years later, haven't right. they come out with goddamn compact discs yet? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And this was like a reel-to-reel recorder. So it was like fucking the size of a laptop today. Yeah, no one owns that anymore. Especially <laughs> not the one that you used for a fucking ransom. Yeah, I got rid of that shit a long time ago. Yeah. So investigators tap Werner's phone and they had heard him discussing to some friend or something that the statute of limitations was almost up on Ursula's case. Ooh. And they were like, that's fucking shady. And so the police secure a warrant to search his house and to collect his DNA. Yeah. Because they're trying to go after him. Yeah, it's pretty suspicious. Exactly. So they search his house and they don't find much. And the DNA didn't match anything linked to the case. But they did find an old tape recorder. (gasps) 
Okay. And when the specialists reviewed it, they determined it had the same defect and it was likely used to record the jingle. Oh my God. On May 28, 2008, 27 years after Ursula's death, Warner was arrested for the kidnapping of Ursula. Oh my God. Ursula's parents and her family were notified and they were invited to be a part of the trial. Yeah. And I guess they can join in Germany. You can join on the prosecution as a co-plaintiff or something. And usually it's like a really passive role, but it gives you access to the evidence and the right to request witnesses and ask judge questions and shit like that. But usually people are just like, they do it to be a presence in court. Yeah. But her family was super traumatized by all this and they declined the offer, except her older brother, Michael, the one who was like helping her play piano and shit and like super into music. Yeah. He stepped up and he was like, I want to be included. We're going to get to the fucking bottom of this. Yeah. And so he requested every page of the case and all of the evidence and all the case files and everything and he spent days painstakingly reading and combing through everything oh my god yeah like he literally locked himself into a room i don't think i mentioned this later but it legit like broke up his marriage oh my how god. much time he spent on this how can you be like oh you need to spend your time on something else like there's a fucking break in the case 27 years later where my little sister got murdered murdered yeah like, i'm gonna i'm gonna take some fucking time tone it down give me a week or two yeah yeah well i'm pretty sure this took a little longer than a week still yeah that's one of those things where i i think i would bear with my husband yeah just like kind of mm. maybe it was a little rocky before that happened i don't know could have been yeah <laughs> So the trial begins, and they paint Warner to be, like, this terrible person, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody in the town hated him. And he was like, hey, I agree. No one liked me. I'm a pretty terrible person, but I did not kidnap her, and I didn't kill her, and I didn't do any of the shit. Like, I might not be the greatest character, and I'm an alcoholic, but I definitely didn't do the shit. And I didn't even own that tape recorder when she went missing. I actually bought that from a pawn shop after she went missing. Okay. Do you have a fucking receipt, Warner? Well... Here's a side note about Warner. He wasn't just like not liked. He was pretty fucked up. His wife says that one day she went into the basement to get something out of the freezer. They must have like a deep freezer in the basement or something. And she found the family dog frozen inside because Warner had come home and the dog had gotten into the trash. So he punished the dog with, quote, exiled to Siberia. Excuse me? Like he put the dog in the freezer. Because it had gotten into the trash? As punishment for getting into the trash. And then it died. Oh my god, that's so sad. So, he's a fucking asshole. I don't know if he did this to Ursula, but you're still an asshole, Warner. Uh, yeah. (laughs) That's so sad. It's really sad. Don't be more sad than Ursula. I'm not. But also, he's putting things in boxes where they just happen to die. Ooh. Fucking connection. Good point. Full circle. Way to go, Detective Aaron. I know. Well, the, the prosecution painted the case that Warner was a terrible man and he had the means to build the box and the motive for the money and all that shit along with this tape recorder and the jury agreed and they found him guilty and they gave him life imprisonment for kidnapping Ursula. Damn. Well, he should get that for the dog anyway, even I if he know. didn't do Ursula. I know. Agreed. Yeah. So everyone was like happy, like, yay, we got our man, right? Yeah. Except Ursula's brother, Michael. Oh, no. He was a music teacher, and he thought that the specialist's opinion on the tape recording was, like, full of shit. Like, you can't tell me that just by hearing a recording from a phone that you know for a fact it came from this device. Yeah. 
And he feels that the police were just trying to close the case before the 30-year mark went so that they can be like, "Mm, case closed. Yeah, we solved another one, boys. Exactly. So Michael says that he's not convinced that Warner didn't do it, but he's also not convinced that he did do it. There's not enough evidence to prove to him that he did do it. Yeah, so there's a reasonable doubt. Exactly. He's not saying he's not guilty, but he's also like, what you gave to me is not enough evidence for me to know. Yeah, you gotta give me some more shit here. Exactly. So all the stress of the trial, you know, going through all the pages and all that shit, like how I said, it fucking basically tore up his relationship with his wife. Yeah. It also caused him to get tinnitus in his ears. Ooh. That, like, ringing. (gasps) Oh, no, he's a music teacher. Yeah, he needs that. And so he decided he would use this as a catalyst to try and trick the system because he felt that the system hadn't rightfully found his sister's killer. Okay. So his plan was that he was going to sue Warner for causing the stress, which caused the tinnitus in his ears, and Warner would defend himself on the basis that he was wrongfully accused, and so therefore he was not at fault for this fucking ear injury. Yeah. And the courts would be forced to reevaluate the case facts to determine if he was in fact guilty. This was his whole fucking loop-de-loop-y plan. Yeah, like a big old loophole to get the case reevaluated. Yeah, like you killed my sister and you caused the stress and he's going to be like I didn't kill your sister and so then they would have to like see did he really kill your sister to cause the stress. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah, a little weird, but I mean, I'm sure he's like grasping at straws here like come on man, don't let my sister's case die. I don't think this guy really did it. Yeah. So the judges knew exactly what Michael was up to and they were pissed. They're like, "Dude, come on man. Like we just solved this, right?" Yeah. Another one in the fucking during the fucking pot. Yeah, yeah. And they made him see several doctors to prove that he actually had tinnitus in his ears and that the case had caused it. And every specialist that he saw was like, yeah, man, like the stress caused it. Yeah. I don't know what else you want us to say. And the judges were like, go to another specialist. Jesus. Yeah, like they were really questioning him pretty hard. And so Michael was pretty pissed. Like, what the fuck, man? I'm the victim here, too. And yeah. And questioning me. But they also knew, like, he was he didn't believe in their conviction. Yeah. And so eventually what the judges do is they rule in Michael's favor and they grant him a portion of the money he was asking for from Warner. Like, I don't know, he asked for $10,000 and they gave him, they granted him $7,000, but he wasn't really in, in it for the money. He was in it to try to get them to question whether or not he was guilty. So technically he won the case, but it didn't help him anymore in his sister's case, like what he had intended it to do. Yeah, like they basically just kind of settled like, all right, whatever. Yeah, man, like, all right, we get it here. Take your money. We know what you're doing here. We're just going to give you the money instead of the case. Exactly. So Michael wasn't satisfied. And so he began to run his own tests and to recreate the expert's findings on the audio tapes and everything, right? Yeah. But he wasn't able to do so. So he definitely thinks it's bullshit. Uh what this lady found not to say that he's an expert though so i don't really know this is just coming from the brother side yeah michael worked with a linguistic profiler who determined that the ransom notes were written by a native german speaker instead of somebody who spoke german as a second language Mm -hmm. like they had initially figured which was interesting like i don't know how you figure that out but they're like this person is faking knowing is faking not knowing german exactly yeah okay he also found that that Donald Duck comic that was in the underground porta potty, uh huh, made mention of a Fiat 600, which was rare in Germany. What? And that car that Ursula's dad was supposed to come driving in on, right? Yeah. Additionally, that bell wire that was used as like an alert system, 
Police found it during the initial search for Ursula, but they had no idea that it was related to the case. So they didn't, like, collect it for evidence or anything. They were just like, oh, wow, look at this wire. That's weird. And then a year later, they went to a private boarding school to talk about the case. I don't know why they were talking about it to a private boarding school. But they had learned that two schoolboys had found the wire in the woods when they were when they were chasing after an owl. Okay. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something two schoolboys would do. Yeah. So they're chasing after an owl. They find this wire and they cut it down and they took it back to school to measure it on like the athletics field to see how long it was. And then they kept it in their dorm in a locked box. Okay. It's kind of weird. Yes. Why did you lock it in a box? Yeah. Why'd you keep it? Yeah. I feel like you made that story up now about measuring it on the field and why you kept it. Yeah. But I don't know. This is all through the brother's investigation, by the way. They also found that the note, the ransom note, had impressions on the page of a mathematical probability tree which are the kind that are taught to teenagers. Uh, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Michael has tried to reopen the case to no avail as of yet, but he continues to hunt for his sister's killer because he thinks that the cops got the wrong guy, like they were just trying to close the case before the statute of limitations. Yeah. Because it was ruled kidnapping with deadly consequences and not murder. If it was murder, it could still stay open. Yeah. So here are my fucking fun thoughts that All I'm right. so glad I wrote down. <laughs> So two people put that box in there, either for the purpose of kidnap or for a hideout, like I had said before, right? Yeah. The provisions left in the box, to me, suggest like a teenager, right? Like there's candy bars, sodas, bubblegum. Yeah. Like there's books and stuff and there's also a comic. Like, Yeah, the food doesn't seem like, oh, I got you some MREs or whatever. Like, Yeah, like here's some protein and cans of tuna that'll last forever and you could eat and stay like... yeah. It's, uh, it's more like, I went to the 7-Eleven and I got you fucking two packs of bubble gum and a Kit Kat bar. Yeah, everybody loves Kit Kat bars. And by the way, I got you a fucking 12-pack of Fanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, how? I, I don't know. That's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. If but, I was going to kidnap a person and, like, stock them full of stuff, I'd be like, here's some sandwich meat. Like, Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird. Unless a very mom-packed to... meal. Yeah. Unless, yeah. I got goldfish because they're baked, not fried. Yeah. You're only going to be here for a couple days, so I got you some apples and bananas. These ones aren't ripe yet, so just give them a day. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very teenage meal to buy. Unless you're trying to lure someone in, like, hey, you like Donald Duck and fucking chewing gum? Kit Kat bars. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was thinking maybe the teens knew about the box. Like, it wasn't their box. They didn't bury it. They just, like, knew about it. Yeah. And they used it to kidnap her and try to get the money and, like, use the ransom paper and everything. That shit. Like, they used the paper from their school book to write the ransom note. Yeah. And they were trying to get some money and then didn't realize that the ventilation system, maybe it had worked at one time, but, like, this box had been abandoned and, like, covered up by leaves and shit so then she accidentally died yeah but like who owns a box that you can only lock from the outside well that's what i was thinking is like like, maybe somebody dug it as like a fucking bomb shelter or some shit but you wouldn't lock those from the outside no you wouldn't so maybe somebody was being shady as fuck like previously yeah and these teens found it i don't know or maybe he wants to lock it from the outside for when he leaves i'm saying he it could be a chick yeah you know if you're like oh this is my cozy cubby. Yeah, but there's no reason to lock it from the outside if nothing, like... Is supposed to find it? Yeah, if no one's supposed to find it or no one's in there or whatever. Know. And to lock it seven times from the outside is a little excessive. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, right? Maybe they added the locks because you can smuggle seven locks into a forest with no one knowing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Screwdriver? Put them on your belt loop. <laughs> hey, man, why you got seven locks on there? <laughs> 
Don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, and my other theory was like maybe it was done by an adult, but that adult had a teenager at the time. And so that's why the impressions were made on the notepad. Yeah, yeah. And like why they had a comic or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm going to have a kid. Just throw one of these kid books in here. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm really fucking sketched out by those kids who found the wire and like took it and kept it in a locked box in their dorm. Yeah, the locked box thing is a little weird. Like, yeah, if I found a wire in the woods, first of all, I might cut it down. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I might go Everybody measure it. some wire. If I was like, how long is this wire? It's a little <laughs> weird, but okay, I can accept that. But then I would probably like leave it on the fucking football field because yeah to reel it up and then lock it in a box yeah like who needs that wire even if you reeled it up and took it back to your dorm you're not gonna lock it in a box yeah i would just throw it in the corner under yeah. all of my laundry there's that wire i found in the woods that i measured yeah that on my means, athletics field that means nothing like <laughs> it's a quarter of a mile of wire yeah like that that's weird to lock it up like why is that wire special i don't know it's super weird but there's like schematics of the scene drawn out and it's all written in fucking german so i don't know what any of it means <laughs> you're but, like ah yes the schnitzel goes here <laughs> yeah exactly but I'm pretty sure it has the wire drawn on it to show, like, how it connected to the box. I don't even know. Would the if, kids be smart enough to use that? The wire system? Yeah. I don't know. I never really clearly understood the alert system other than, like, I've heard of it before. I've never really seen one in action. It didn't say that the wire was, like, hooked up to a light bulb, really. But it did explain, like, oh, like, it would light up or signal to somebody that someone was coming. Yeah. Like, I understand it would, like, you push a it button, just, it would make yeah. a connection. Yeah. And it would either ring a bell or it would do a thing. Yeah. Like, I get it. It would go, like, Bang. Yeah. But they didn't explain, like, specifically what it did. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. this scenario. But I feel like, even now, if you were, like, set one of those up, I'd be like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, weirdo. I'll just FaceTime you. Well, I just don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I'm yeah. I'm sure we could figure something out if you're, like... I'm sure my dad could. When the wind blows... But my dad's not a teenager. Like, I don't know if he could have when he was a teenager. Maybe he could because he didn't have fucking internet. I'm like a thousand percent that I tripped on like 18 of those when I was a kid growing up. And like we'd go up on our house, our fucking cabin in Colorado on the mountain. We have a like bunch of property up there and there's just shit everywhere. And I'm so rich. I so rich. (laughs) Literally, it was bare property on a mountain that nobody wants. (laughs) And we had to build our own home on it (laughs) with our bare hands. It's like a log cabin. You guys have bare hands? Yeah. They're pretty impressive. Are they on the wall? <laughs> we keep them there to warn other bears what we will do with your hands. Stay out of here. <laughs> but I'm not even kidding. I remember running along and like getting tangled up in wire on the ground and it being strewn across. And I think somebody told me like, oh, it's fucking scares off the deer. I don't know. Somebody lied to you. You almost got kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. We have like a fucking murder porta potty on our property. Yeah, there. you do. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be getting some question from the German police. <laughs> Anyway, that's my story of Ursula. It was really long. Well, goddamn. Super interesting. That's pretty fucked up. Hey, guys. Everybody, listen up. Hey, if you're still with us. Yeah. Fucking super awesome shout out to Stephanie. One of our listeners on the goddamn pod group. Also on Facebook. She got married. So shout out to Stephanie for getting fucking married. Yeah, congratulations. What, what? Uh, shout out to her fiance, now husband. Yeah, get him on this podcast for too. For marrying an awesome gal. Obviously. If I do say so myself. <laughs> From everything that we know. Yes. We are good character witnesses. Yes. Well, all right, lady. Should we wrap this shit up? We should. If you guys want to see pictures pertaining to our case, go to isgdpodcast.com. Yep. You can also find links to the merch and the Patreon on there. Yes, you can. And subscribe, rate, and review. Please. Mm-hmm. Do that. We love those. Email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. We'll reply. Anything you want. 
You want to talk about stuff? We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about stuff. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into talking about shit. Yeah. Also, follow us on social media at ISGD Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Join our fucking Facebook group. The goddamn pod group. Yep. <laughs> You'll learn it one day. Hey, I said it fucking flawlessly earlier. You did. You did. <laughs> Crushed it. Also, you can send us stuff to the P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. You have a letter we have to read. I was just going to say, speaking of which, we got a letter from Jasmine that I have yet to read. I brought it over. We have to read it as soon as this is done. I'm so excited. We need to end this so I can read it right now. Okay. (laughs) You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for everything. Bye. Bye.